a social innovation insight, where we inspire individuals and drive change. Globally, social protection has no agreed-upon definition and no clarity on its coverage, while the common types of protections include, old age income protection aka pensions, unemployment support, healthcare protection, and other schemes that include maternity protection and employment injury from WHO, 2010. According to the WHO, only about 20% of the global working age population and their families have access to a range of social protections. During the time of COVID-19, social protections were brought to the front line while undergoing an unprecedented trial. In the early stages of COVID-19, 45 countries launched social protection programs in response to COVID-19 in March 2020, later increased to 84 countries, with a total of 283 programs in place in 2021, 21 of which programs were unemployment benefits according to Ugo Gentilini, Mohamed Al-Menfi, and Ian Orden, 2020. Earlier, some countries began their social protection schemes as job loss was already a common scenario worldwide, whether it was in poor or wealthy countries. Losing a job during a pandemic is even scary, without knowing what could happen afterward. Savings could help them cope with their current difficulties, but it was uncertain how long they can sustain. It is even more frightening when there's only one earner to feed the family, and in the long run, it will become a matter of social stability. In 2021, the International Labor Organization estimates 195 million job losses worldwide due to COVID-19. So how many of them are eligible for unemployment benefits and how much support will they receive and to what extent? Based on Investopedia, the world's highest unemployment rates at the end of 2019 were in Sub-Saharan Africa and occupied Palestine, Lesotho, 28.2%, Eswatini, 26.5%, South Africa, 28.5%, Occupied Palestinian Territories, 26.4%, Mozambique, 24.8%, and the lowest were, Qatar, 0.1%, Cambodia, 0.3%, Belarus, half a percent, Lao People's Democratic Republic, 0.7%, and Myanmar, 0.8%. It is interesting to note that the lowest unemployment rate does not represent a strong economy because some of the economies rely heavily on subsistence farming, which is labor-intensive but seasonal. Except for Qatar, the country is driven by oil and natural gas. More or less, the world was suffering from unemployment and an economic downturn. So how can the government's social protection scheme help? Below we list some countries around the world giving you a glimpse into the unemployment situation and its related policies to cope with COVID-19. Lesotho, with a 28.2% unemployment rate. They billed $1.2 billion for emergency assistance and expanded their social protection programs. South Africa, 28.5% unemployment rate. They issued Unemployment Insurance Fund, UIF, and workers with an income below a certain threshold received a small tax subsidy for four months. Niger, 7.8%, 2017 data. Approved a supplementary budget with 1.3% of GDP for health, security, and social assistance. Egypt, 9.8%, 2018 data. Initiative for irregular workers, about 1.6 million, in the most severely hit sectors, which entailed a total of 500 Egyptian pounds in monthly grants for three months. Brazil, 11.9% rate. Employment support for 1 million workers, partial compensation to workers who were temporarily suspended or had a cut in working hours, as well as temporary tax breaks. Argentina, 
9.8%, totaling about 6.0% of GDP, 3.9% of the budget, and 2% off budget on various protection programs. Peru, 3.0%. The government authorized withdrawals of up to S-2,000 from private pension fund accounts by members who had not contributed for six consecutive months or employees on furlough in April under emergency decrees. Mexico, 3.5%. Provided subsidized unemployment insurance for three months to workers that hold a mortgage with the Housing Institute, 5.9 billion pesos. USA, 3.7%. Signed a U.S. $877 billion, about 4.5% of GDP, funding bill which includes enhanced unemployment benefits of U.S. $300 weekly federal enhancement in benefits, using $44 billion from the Disaster Relief Fund to provide extra unemployment benefits, U.S. $268 billion to expand unemployment benefits. Canada, 5.7%. Around $249 billion, 11.6% of GDP, was in direct aid to employment insurance and others. Australia, 5.2%. The stimulus included the multi-year job maker program $73 billion Australian dollars, and overall stimulus included other announced job keeper wage subsidies 4.6% of GDP. Sweden, 6.8%. Guaranteed amounts to 803 billion Swedish kroner, 16.0% of 2019 GDP depending on the uptake. UK, 3.7%. 8 billion pounds on social security and other benefits, plus a subsidy for the self-employed, and a minimum wage of 25 hours per week for 6 months for young workers who are unemployed. France, 8.4%. Guaranteed 327 billion euros, close to 15% of its GDP, including 315 billion euros in guarantees for bank loans and credit reinsurance schemes. Italy, 10.0%. Measure to preserve jobs and supported the income of laid-off workers and self-employed, around 22.3 billion euros. Turkey, 13.7%. Issued a short-term work scheme, 0.4% of GDP, and a nationwide ban on employee layoffs was in force until January 2021. Ukraine, 8.2%. 10.7 billion Ukrainian hryvni has been dispersed to fund unemployment and furlough benefits as of the end of 2020. Israel, 3.8%. Supported the social safety net, 20 billion new Israeli shekel, funding a relaxation in the requirements for unemployment benefits and grants for self-employed workers. Iran, 11.1%. Supported the Unemployment Insurance Fund, 0.3% of GDP. Afghan, 11.2%, 2017 data. Social packages for 1.5 million people, including the bread distribution program of AF 2.8 billion, and the World Bank supported social distribution program of AF 20.8 billion. India, 5.3%. 2018 data. Wage support and employment provision for low-wage workers, 0.5% of GDP. Russia, 4.5%. Standard unemployment benefit to equal the minimum wage for five months, the minimum unemployment benefit to be tripled until end August, and eligibility to be extended by three months. Kazakhstan, 4.8%. KZT 1.8 trillion was allocated to support employment under an employment roadmap program. China, 5.2%.
an estimated 4.8 trillion Chinese yuan, or 4.7% of GDP, of discretionary fiscal measures have been announced for all. Thailand, 0.7%. At least 9.6% of GDP, or THB 1.5 trillion, was approved for all affected parties. Singapore, 3.1%. An amount of $100 billion was issued for all and support of up to $700 per month for three months in 2021 was provided to individuals who lost jobs. Qatar, 0.1%, 2018 data. The fiscal support package for all was expected to reach QR 2.1 billion, 0.4% of GDP, in 2020. Philippines, 2.2%. PHP 205 billion cash aid program, 1.1% of 2019 GDP, for low-income households and almost PHP 57 billion social protection measures for vulnerable workers, 0.3% of 2019 GDP, reached more than 18 million people in total. South Korea, 3.7%. Employment support, 1.5 trillion. Support for low-income households, 0.4 trillion. Japan, 2.4%. Protected employment and businesses, 15.8% of 2019 GDP and later expand its work subsidies. New Zealand, 4.1%. Announced income relief payments to support people who had lost their jobs, 0.6 billion New Zealand dollars or 0.2% of GDP. Hong Kong, 3.0%. Employment subsidy scheme, 80 billion Hong Kong dollars or 2.9% of GDP, and temporary job creation, 6 billion Hong Kong dollars or 0.2% of GDP. In total, about 5.7% of workers had access to unemployment insurance during this pandemic across all these countries. Based on an analysis, cash aid was the direct method of supporting the unemployed, while simple, Flexible incentives for the employer to keep its employees seem to be the best way to prevent mass unemployment according to Jonathan Rothwell. So is there a better way to prevent such mass unemployment in the future? On the government side, it needs to build a more resilient system to overcome situations where it not only acts upon timely needs but also allocates resources strategically. First, the government should be open and transparent in building trust with its own people, so that people can cooperate with the government and achieve maximum impact. Monetary and non-monetary support is necessary for individuals and businesses so that resources are aligned with the needy. On the other hand, businesses and companies should build their ability to adapt to changes quickly and employees should alter their attitudes toward employment and also have a sense of self-protection in case they lose their jobs. This pandemic has hit so many places and impacted so deeply in human history, and it will never fully recover, so we should be prepared and stay alert in the future. What's your experience with your government's social policies? Did it help you in either the short or long term? We are Social Innovation Insight, with a special focus on social problems, innovation and ideas, social business, design and etc. If you are interested in any of those topics, please contact us. Have a nice day.